What is going on, my friends? Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of That Arsenal Women Podcast. This is your host, Demian, and I'm so glad you're here. You wanted an Arsenal Women Podcast? Well, guess what? You got an Arsenal Women Podcast. Let's go. Oh, my days. Is it good to be an Arsenal fan these days, especially an Arsenal Women fan? Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode. Like I said at the top of the show, I am sorry for not uploading an episode last week. I've been absolutely slammed with life on tour. It's been absolutely incredible, but at the same time, it has not allowed me to be creative in the Arsenal podcast field. But here I am. So welcome and thank you for your time, for your energy, for your good vibes. Also want to thank everybody that has tuned in sporadically to the the streams I've done on the good old Twitch that I used to do every Friday. But I haven't been able to do so as much. But I've been having sort of uh, technical difficulties. So I didn't do the full one yesterday, even though I spoke about a, a couple of things that I want to mention today. But moreover, I will do one next Friday, and I'll try to do so uh, many more of these, so many more of these when the time is right, aka after tour at the end of October. I am in the wonderful city of New Jersey, and I can look out and I can see Manhattan from my hotel room. It's a beautiful skyline, and I'm just here basically trying to soak in all the good things going for us and all the amazingness that is related to be an Arsenal fan these days, considered among the top squads in the world. And yes, we have a little tie against uh, a very um, unpopular side called Barcelona tomorrow for the Champions League, the first ever group stages of the Champions League for women. And I'm very, very excited. But today, there's a couple of things that I want to talk about. And, and, and because I didn't do an episode last week, I'm sort of going to make up for lost time and I'm going to do maybe two or three episodes today and release them today, tomorrow or the next day or maybe a couple today. I don't know. That's the beauty of this. It has no rhyme or reason. It just has love for these amazing players and these incredible uh, footballers that are just history making queens. Let's just be honest. If you've been following this squad for a while, two, three years or so, you don't really need me to tell you this, and it's not going to come as a surprise. But if you're sort of new to this world of Arsenal women, you might be looking a lot uh, at Twitter and feeling or reading how a lot of us are very surprised in a good way by no injuries and by squat rotation in different lineups, not only and by squat rotations, I don't mean in-game substitutions, that's what I should have said, and squat rotation. And you might think like, well, that well, duh, that's what you're supposed to do, but it hasn't always been the case for whatever reason. Injuries, different systems, uh, let's just say less or more flexibility from a, our old coach, who knows? But the fact of the matter is that it's it's an amazing time uh, for, for Arsenal women and I'm here for it. We're all here for it, and we have to enjoy it as much as possible. And even though I'm not going to talk about the Barcelona game, I couldn't be more confident than I am now uh, about that. But what I wanted to talk about is sort of the magical things that are brewing at Arsenal. There's something different 
there's a different vibe there's a different feeling that i personally haven't felt before and i always want to be careful with how, how i explain this because historically there have been three players that are no longer with the club that it's impossible for me to feel like we would any squad would be better without them namely Daniela van der Donk, Dominique Janssen and Jill Roark obviously I'm very biased with the Dutch national team but that's just a fact for me so for me to think of and I mentioned this before to think of a squad that would be quote-unquote better let's just call it different without those three players is pretty pretty insane to me because i think they would make any squad better and i'll that's a hill i'm willing to die on any day the fact of the matter is that there's something it's not that it's better necessarily but i think finally there's a synchronicity of things not to be redundant happening at the same time that are just so beneficial to the spirit of the club, to the cohesiveness of the players, to welcoming a new coach, to the opening of minds to new ideas, to welcoming new fans or embracing fans, to playing at the Emirates, to so many things. And you could think about these things as sort of being magical, like I mentioned, sort of in a clickbaity way. But at the same time, these are things that are done by design. You know, you choose a specific coach for specific reasons. And you believe in his project and you believe in what he's bringing to the table and his personnel, the personnel that he's going to bring along. You also believe in the culture that he's going to create. And, you know, every club, they say that, you know, the, they reflect the, the personality of, the, um, of their manager. And it's all, I've always found that interesting, especially recently as a football fan, because you always have two managers, right? So who, which one is which? When you look at Chelsea, for example, you have Emma Hayes, who is a genius, and you hear her punditry is top-notch, and it's just amazing. And, you know, you look at uh, Thomas Tuchel, and it's just amazing to see those individuals being at the helm, and then you're like, well, you know, that reflects on Chelsea and then you have other clubs which is kind of sort of in disarray for a while and you're like oh, okay inconsistent you know it could be it, you could even think of, of uh, at Arsenal with Mikel Arteta and what he's doing and you know what he's not doing and it, players that he continuously chooses for for the squad and then you look at uh, and granted it's, some of those things are changing, changing but you see what Jonas has done for Arsenal women and it's just incredible so the fact is that we have a very large squad right it might be for some people a little unbalanced in terms of defense midfield versus our attacking options but what i'm seeing what i envision what i could see happening is there are plan b's and plan c's being set up they're they're in place and I don't remember that being confident in the plan C's and plan B's of, of a previous era. I didn't. You know, I love Beth Mead, and I'm going to do another episode about her. And w last year, two years ago, when she was out, I was like, okay, well, the other options aren't close to her level. 
I thought. Now, even though I think she's better than the other options, it's incredible to have Tobin Heath, Nikita Paris, Caitlin Ford coming off the bench instead of, of or when she needs a breather or whatever. Like, just think about that. I mentioned this before, but on another episode, but how lucky are we? That is the dip. There, There is no dip in quality. There's just something that's offered that's differently. That's different, excuse me. And you see that in other clubs, in other teams, it doesn't matter if it's men or women, that the substitution is not necessarily, it might be like for like as far as the position, position itself, but not in terms of quality. But now I see that being super close or if not the same or even better at some point because you're like, wait a second, you know. Tobin Heath is coming on. Like, she's better than anybody that could be on the pitch, right? You would think a two-time World Cup winner. So I think those things are amazing, amazing. I would assume from where I stand that as far as squat rotation in terms of their lineup and people getting opportunities and chances i think that does two things it rewards players for the obviously their hard work and it's not just this grandfathered in person that you're just here because of a name uh and you're also uh create um harmony you know you create uh people um rooting for each other and you have the fans um also on board uh, embracing that change and seeing other people like I what Frida Manum has done for for the fan base it's been incredible everybody loves her every single person loves her everybody's just like on and on and on and on and on about her and she's just so good and so consistent I'm like where has she been this whole time this is crazy like oh my goodness like what what we would have done with her in DVD and Jill Roard on the pitch I oof I mean, especially during when, when people were so injured, uh, when there were so many injuries, like, oh, my goodness, like, wow. So to a degree, all these things for me, I feel, have been not dormant. They just haven't lined up in the right way, whether it's by purpose or by design or, or by coincidence or magic, whatever the hell you want to think about. I just really, all I can do is just appreciate what we're doing and where we're at. And that is why I'm so confident to play Barcelona. It's not, I'm not talking about stats. I'm not talking about whether it's Noel Maritz against Lika Martins, if there's a stat about that. I'm not talking about if Steph Catley can slow down Hermoso or Putellas or what Kim Little's going to do. Or It's not about that, excuse me. It's about what I feel and that is something that has been missing for since 2004 for me as an Arsenal fan so I just kind of to paint a picture maybe some of you weren't even born back then <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that the last time anything related with Arsenal was complete and utter confidence because confidence doesn't mean that we're going to win and I'm gonna, I know for a fact that we're going to win and I expect us to win 5 nothing. No. I expect us to win. Yes, I expect us to play incredibly well. Uh, and even if we don't, I expect us to be like, okay, cool. Let's We'll fix and we'll shift and then we'll do something else. And it'll be a freak. It won't be a, 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 a 
testament to where we're at in the season. It might just be one unlucky performance, and that can happen. It's bound to happen. We've been playing lights out for who knows. I think it's 11 clean sheets in the last 13 games. So, I mean, it's just the, the, the stats are there. The feeling is there for me as well. So that's why I'm so happy with this opportunity to uh, face the best team in the world and see where we're at. I think that's very important. I, I think from what I've been hearing, a lot of fans have this very binary thing. And I think it's 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 important to embrace the sort of uh, ambiguity, ambiguity of uh, or multiple meanings that a result can have. And that's just kind of how life is. You know, you get thrown these situations and it's up to us to react. You know, we might not control them or control how they make us feel at the moment, but our perspective about them can change and then our behavior and our conduct, you know, and our, our, you know, our patterns, our behavioral patterns uh, are either conditioned by it or, or, or not. So that I, I just love that sort of melting of, of different things or the, the, coll the colliding of words, uh, of worlds, so to speak. Now, to finish, let's get a little less heady and talk about Tobin Heath, shall we? And how special I think her, the addition of her has been to the club for obvious reasons. But what I truly want to focus on is how pers purposeful this whole journey has been for her. And I just kind of want to paint a picture of, of the following. You know, a lot of... It's common for Arsenal fans to end up playing for Arsenal if they're from the UK, right? It's not a lot of, uh, it's not very surprising if you were to interview players historically that have been from England, Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Wales, to talk about who, what team they supported when they were young. And many of them are going to say Arsenal, and many of them have played for Arsenal. You know, we've had one of our own, many of our own play and so on and so forth but it's somewhat rare to have on this in the squad somebody that has been a for all intents and purposes a li lifelong gooner right and i love that that's like oh my goodness that's like if i were to play in i don't know one of my favorite bands guns and roses or extreme or mr big or something like that like wow you grew up idolizing this and buying the merch and doing the whole thing and then you eventually play for that team i mean i can even i get goosebumps thinking about it, it and, and we hear about a lot about that in passing like oh yeah she's you know lifelong gooner she's an arsenal fan now plays for the club like no 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 hold on a second please stop the car like take a step back and and appreciate that and really think of all the work that it took all the investment of time and energy and and going to every training session. This is not a result of her this is not a result of a transfer from Man United to to Arsenal. That is not it. This is a result of Tobin Heath talking to her parents, telling her telling them that she wants to play soccer for a living and, you know, going to every training session and buying her every piece of arsenal equipment or maybe she did it later on on, on her own um, obviously i'm speculating i'm trying to paint this picture every training session every pair of boots she ever bought every pair of shin guards she ever put to the side to lower her socks uh everything is a result of this 
or this is a result of everything, I should say. Every decision, every time she didn't do X, Y, or Z and played football or didn't do X, Y, or Z to watch matches or, you know, every little thing she has ever done in the world of football has led her to this moment. And she is just so... She, her smile is so big. She's beaming. And I just want you to think about that. How cool would it be? It's like if any of you that are Arsenal women fans, that you're still young enough to play, would play in the squad. Like, think about that. That's absolutely insane. It's absolute insanity. You know, growing up and, and watching, you know, you know, Viv is 25, but at some point, you know, she's going to be, you know... In, in her 30s and somebody that grew up watching her is going to play in her same team and that it's really incredible it's absolutely insane to me and those are things that happen a lot in music you know you see a lot of uh people and i've been fortunate enough to have that happen to me you know playing with with musicians that i grew up idolizing and i'm i've ended up working with them whether recording or playing in their touring or whatever it is it's just insane but you know this is this is different this is insane and uh, I'm just so happy for somebody to be living this. It would be, you know, I remember, uh, you know, I, I listened to a lot of talk sport. And I, there is a, a pundit called Jason Cundy who played for Chelsea. He also played for Spurs. And he hosts a sh- co-hosts a show called The Sports Bar, which was my favorite show ever. Recently got a new host and... It's just not the same without Andy Goldstein. But one of the things that I always loved about listening to Jason Cundy was that how passionate, not only is he for Chelsea, a team that I don't like, granted, that's fine, that's not the point. But the point is that he is he would speak so vividly and emotionally about what it was like for him to grow up going to Stamford Bridge and watching the games and going with his dad and just being a lifelong fan and then eventually playing for the club. Like, you don't have to be a a Chelsea supporter. I couldn't dislike them more, probably. And I'm so happy for him. And I'm like, oh my God, like, imagine being Jason Cundy, right? Growing up, blues all over the place, right? And you grew up watching all these players and you end up playing for the club, which is insane that's beautiful that is the top of the top and that i believe can be more important than winning a champions league or winning a world cup because it just shows it's a different thing right it's 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 impossible to compare but if 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 i'm have dinner yeah if i'm having dinner with jason cundy and a world cup winner right um or a champions league winner like I, I don't know, Karen Bow or something like that. And you're, they're talking about their experiences. And, and one says, you know, I worked so hard and I did this and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, went through the ranks. And then eventually, I, you know, went to the World Cup final and everything sort of lined up to have the right coach, the right players, the right systems at the right time. And we had the one stellar match at the final and we won. I'll be obviously very impressed. But when somebody like Jason would say, Demian, just imagine what it was like, you know, growing up and having all these idols 
and watching all these players <laughs> and then eventually get the call from your agent that, you know, Chelsea were about to sign you and how exciting that would feel and then the feelings of that. I mean, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. The key, though, is to be grateful without those feelings and what are you going to do with that opportunity? Now that you're signing, you're there, what are you going to do? It's n more than just doing something on the pitch. Is what that does to you personally and what you're willing to do about it. And now Jason works uh, for Chelsea Football Club, for Chelsea TV. So, I mean, it's just on and on and on. The, the beauty and the reward that, that pursuing your dreams gives you on and on and on and it's m absolutely incredible and i i, I was going to say the word magical but that's a little unfair because it's not just like this sprinkle of, of magic and then this happens i mean the amount of work that that and professionalism and all the intangibles it, i mean it's it's infinite he possesses it obviously all the players that play at this high level they possess it but there's something really cool about tobin heath american winning two world cups winning everything, but now feeling like they can play and fulfill their biggest sort of football f dream and goal and fantasy, which is play for, in this club, in, in this case, Arsenal. So I just think that's beautiful, and I cannot wait to, to see what the, this future has in store for her and, and, and watch her score. She already had a beautiful assist to Manai Wabuchi, but to watch her score is going to be something very special. And I would love for her to start against Barcelona, as a matter of fact. And I would love it if she scored. And on this sort of vein of full circle synchronicity things, I wanted to show, share something with you that happened to me a couple of days ago. That uh, It's very personal, but it's also sports related. And it doesn't have anything to do with football. But you might find it interesting. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, as you know, I was born and raised in Caracas, Venezuela, but uh, my family and I have had this connection to the city of Boston, Massachusetts, for a very long time. My great my grandfather went to Boston University, and shortly after, my dad went to MIT. My grandfather was doing his uh, master's, and my dad was getting his bachelor's in, in chemical engineering. And um, my, at the time, his little sister was going to grammar school in Boston in a town called Brookline. Fast forward basically 30 years, and uh, my sister went to Suffolk University, which is in Boston. We left Caracas to go help her get settled, and I went to school there in a little town, well, in a city called Brookline, right next to Fenway Park. And I grew up going, I grew up going to not only Fenway Park, but also skateboarding all around there, I went to high school there for a year or so, and it was just awesome. Went back to Venezuela, graduated high school, and then I went back to Boston to go to study music and pursue my goals and my dreams in, in this business, right? Much like these players are leaving their homes, they're signing for teams when they're super young and they're moving cross-country or they're moving like... Malingut left Switzerland to go to to London when she was very young, and you know I I've I had a little bit of that. So I studied my whole life or my whole career, and I had all these dreams and plans and goals to play with this and play with that. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Been homeless. I've been doing you know I've I, I slept in my car for a week. That's what I should say. 
but I couch surfed. I've done the whole struggling musician thing. I've had the um, having to borrow money from my sister and from this and then go over here and not make it and then change places. And it's been a beautiful journey. Uh, all good, right? It, it, it all has been amazing. But within that sort of uh, journey, you dream of places to play at. And I have dreamt of playing at a diff different venues and shows during my career. And I've been very fortunate, I'm going to knock on wood, that I've been able to do so, right? My biggest goal was Saturday Night Live. I've been able to do that. I also wanted to play in the MTV Video Music Awards. I was able to do that, both with the Jonas Brothers. I've been able to play at the Tonight Show with Jay Leno and with uh, the Tonight Show with... Uh, Jimmy Fallon, I've also done Conan. Anyway, that, I'm not trying to show off. What I'm trying to tell you is that you have these goals and dreams and these ideas, right? So I'm trying to draw parallels to Tobin Heath. You know, I'm not saying that it's the equivalent of winning a World Cup, but doing something, you have you plan for it, you dream about it, you go. And there are some, some dreams that you don't even know you have or situations that you're put in that you're like, wait, what is happening? This wasn't even in the construct of anything that's logical. Like it doesn't fit in this umbrella under this umbrella of anything that I think I thought I could have done, and I was able to live that. And a few days ago, I was lucky enough, alongside or thanks to obviously the Jonas Brothers, I was able to perform at Fenway Park in Boston, the legendary baseball stadium that opened in 1912. That was home to Babe Ruth and Ted Williams and Pedro Martinez and Big Papi, and. Manny Ramirez and Noma Garcia Parra and you name them. Jason Veritek. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I, uh, I'm a big Sox fan. This was beautiful. This was amazing. You know, and uh, I can't even imagine what it's like for, you know, I'm not playing for the Red Sox. I'm playing at the building that they use. So imagine what the Jason Cundys of the world would feel like. Imagine what Tobin Heath feels like. Imagine what other players that have been lifelong, like Leah Williamson, for example. It's just amazing, and it's one of those things that make me feel so fortunate um, to, to, to be able to share this with you all and, and to sort of have this focus on the Arsenal women and, uh, and on the players, and hopefully it'll give you a different perspective, especially for, for those guys out there that aren't, and speak, I say guys specifically, that aren't too supportive of women's sport and don't think that it's that big of a deal. This is the stuff that dreams are made of, and this is the kind of stuff that you wish you would do. And these girls are doing it. These women are doing it. And it's just absolutely incredible. And I'm so proud of them, every single one of them. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be chatting again soon.